Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Hello, Packers fans. Welcome into the Green 19 podcast from JS Online and PackersNews.com. I'm Cassidy Hill, joined as always by Tom Silverstein and Ryan Wood here at Lambeau Field, where we are gearing up for Week 15, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it feels like there's so many different like familiarity storylines with this matchup because this is now technically the third calendar year in a row that these two teams have faced, but they look much different. This will also now be the third year in a row that the Packers have welcomed Baker Mayfield to Lambeau Field, where he has notoriously Baker Mayfield Hmm. for the past two years, where he, like, will be having a good game, and then he'll make a costly turnover in the first half, and then he'll make two more in the second half. Then it inevitably cost his team the game. Quick question. Is that verb similar to Matthew Staffording? Yeah, or, like, the same thing? Yeah. in college, they call it Clemsoning. Uh, like yeah. Clemson, yeah. Clemsoning. So yeah, he he Baker Mayfield the past couple of years. Um, so lots of storylines, but of course going to be an interesting one regardless. I was looking at this earlier today. These are two teams that are both six and seven. The Buccaneers are in the first spot in their division. The Packers are in the third. Yep. Welcome <laughs> um, to the NFC South. Right. So both sort of trying to uh, still get into the playoffs in a decent spot. And we'll need this Sunday to do it, especially after losing to the Giants on Monday night. Spoon, how much do you take of the past year, two years, but especially last year's 2022 matchup between these two teams? Like, how much do you look at Sunday's game sort of through the lens of that game? I, I don't know that anybody's going to be playing from that last game. There's so well, many defense. injuries. Oh, injuries, gotcha. Uh, you know, the Packers... There's been a lot of changes on both sides, and um, I think they're kind of different teams than they were. Uh, Packers certainly are a different team, at least offensively, and um, Buccaneers have had a lot of injuries on defense, and then, you know, they got Baker Mayfield, which is a complete different, you know, (laughs) entity. So, I don't know. I think it's – I mean, I think there's some familiar – familiarity with some of the veterans, but I don't know if this is going to be like a typical Buccaneers-Packers game. Ryan, someone that inevitably, and I haven't looked at today's injury report, but who presumably will be familiar to Packers fans is Antoine Whitfield. And and he's someone that can really just kind of line up anywhere on the field it seems like that he wants to. His his given position, his, his government position is a safety. If you're Jordan Love... What do you do to prepare for this guy? It's all about eye manipulation, right? And it's kind of fitting this week because the interception that he threw against the uh, Giants last week was a lack of eye manipulation. He stared down where he was throwing downfield the entire time, and by the time that happened, I mean, yeah, he also woefully underthrew the ball. But 
the safety was there because he telegraphed it. You can't telegraph against Antoine Winfield, um, or really, we're being honest, NFL safeties mm-hmm. in general. So that's an area of his game that he's going to have to clean up. Um, it's going to be awfully important against a really opportunistic Bucks defense. Um, you know that over the years just always kind of had Aaron Rodgers' number, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they just it, historically Aaron Rodgers was as good as it's ever been at not throwing the ball to the other team, but. He had his issues against this Bucks defense, so now it's Jordan Love's turn. The eye manipulation in particular, that's something Jordan Love mentioned on Wednesday. Like When talking about Winfield, he said he's someone that you have to be able to look off. Spoon, have you seen that part of Love's game really yet, even if you take this last week nonwithstanding? Not a lot of. He, he tends to go to his um, first or second read pretty quickly. And, in fact, if you look at, that deep ball um he had Dobbs open over the middle would have been a first down wouldn't have been a big game but it would have been a first down they keep that drive going so yeah I I think that is a process of learning to go through your progressions having confidence in your offensive line and being able to move around the pocket so that you can get to those second and third and fourth reads you know how the coaches always say it's easier to cover up mistakes when you're winning? And and like you would say, you would think, okay, it's easier to fix mistakes when you're winning, but it's also easier to cover them up. Do you think through that little winning spurt they went on that maybe there were some things that got, quote, unquote, covered up that still needed to be worked on as part of just their natural growth as a young offense? Maybe, but I, I think Jordan Love did not play to the level – Monday night that he had the three mm. games before that. I mean, yeah. there, he, he, and that's going to happen. You know, I, I said it a week ago. I still believe it. I think he's a franchise quarterback. I think he's a quarterback that a franchise builds around. But a franchise quarterback doesn't play his best every week. That doesn't happen. You know, the week before is Patrick Mahomes that had the fourth quarter interception. A week before that, Jared Goff had three fumbles. So the franchise quarterbacks don't always play great. And Jordan Love didn't play great on Monday night. That's it's not a straight linear progression when you're a young quarterback you're going to have dips and valleys but he's had some you know some high points too thing that he didn't do in those three games was turn the ball over he he was clean and he wasn't clean on Monday night in a big game like this and they're they're all big the rest of the way he's that's that's the, the zero interceptions of the winning streak were more important than the eight touchdowns and everyone sees the eight touchdowns because a lot of those are big time plays but it's the mistakes you don't make that are awfully important Mm. he will we don't know yet if he will have christian watson and aaron jones back on sunday Um, he's not gonna have christian watson feel confident i don't i'm very confident to say that he hasn't practiced wednesday (laughs) or thursday so that's you you know and lafleur said he's not gonna practice tomorrow okay he's not yeah then he won't be playing um, Christian Watson spoke today, Thursday, when we're recording this about, he's like, you know, not to be cocky, but I feel like there is a certain skill set I can bring that's, you know, maybe not there when I'm not on the field. And I think that's a fair thing to say. Very fair. He also did go on to say, though, you know, I think that Tay Wicks is someone that can really kind of provide that. How does Tay Wicks provide that? Well, I'm not sure how well he'll provide it with a um, bad ankle 
No, he's probably going to play, I would guess. He has been practicing. <laughs> um, well, he didn't practice Wednesday, practiced Thursday, Thursday right. during the walk jog through. I would guess that they he'll find have a his way. Wednesday. Right. It was just, it was a, just an but it was, a, they had to a, estimate right, yeah. whether he would have practiced, and they said no. So <clears throat> my guess is he'll play, but my I also think he won't be up to his, uh, he won't be himself because of that ankle. So, um, yeah, I don't know if he can be, he, he can't step in, nobody can really step into Christian Watson's spot. He's a unique athlete. Um, when he's, when he's, you know, on, he's on. And, and we saw it against Detroit. We saw it Kansas City. He's, he can be a real force. So, um, I don't think they can replace him other than this through the sum of their parts. That's, that's really the only way they can do it. And, um, that, that's what they didn't do against, um, the Giants. And and to get to your point about, you know, people saying, well, Jordan Love played bad. He did, but so did everybody else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was just a bad game Absolutely. all the way around. Disjointed and messy. Yeah. And they were still in it. You know, yeah. they still had a chance to win. But, um, you know, when your special teams gives the ball up, when your defense can't make a stop at the end yeah. of a game, you you know, your offense coughs the ball up. It's It, it was just a bad day for them. I don't think that game should necessarily, to Ryan's point, change anyone's overall opinion on Jordan Love. But it does reinforce that there are still some things this offense is working through. Yeah, I mean, if Jordan Love were in his third year, second year, let's say second year, you would say he could have been the difference in the game. He could rise above and make plays that were the difference in the game. You know, like Aaron Rodgers used to do. Yeah. You know, whether it was running the ball, you know, scrambling, whether it was making some ridiculous throw. Um, he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. He's not there. He can't raise a team on his own shoulders. That's like, to me, an MVP level quarterback that re- lifts all tides. That the guy that when everything's going round, uh, wrong around you, you, you can overcome that. A franchise quarterback that that that's what you, you you build your franchise around this quarterback right those and and I've said I, I think we all agree that Jordan Love's not at that we don't know if he's an, going to be an MVP level quarterback a Super Bowl winning quarterback what his ceiling is we don't know that it reaches there we just know that they need to build around him so yeah I, I think that's a very interesting point of that that's that's the question that's on the horizon for him to yet to answer will he ever be that kind of quarterback is his ceiling that we don't know yeah let's go back to what you said about replacing christian watson just with the sum of their parts let's say on sunday tay wicks ankle is not necessarily where it needs to be and they are going to have to let's let's build a christian watson out of the parts that they have what do they do on sunday versus this very stingy bucks defense to sort of flip the field if they need to well there's this there's several variables and one of those is um is tampa going to have all of its players on defense mm-hmm. um you know they could be without a starting safety and uh, a starting corner carlton davis is hurt um and ryan neal is hurt so i don't know if either of those guys will play and if they don't play then that's a little bit of an advantage um whether that's enough, I don't know. But 
I, I think it's going to be hard because we didn't address it yet, but A.J. Dillon is a big yeah. question mark with a broken thumb. I don't know how a running back plays with a broken thumb. I just I don't know um, how the they would hand. manage it. <laughs> yeah, well, I asked Stenovich today, can he carry with one arm the whole time? And he can, but he's absolutely – in the game to run the ball yeah. if yeah. he's in because you're not going to be throwing yeah. unless he wants to catch one-handed or yeah. or maybe they can put a bunch of stick them on his hand or something you <laughs> like know? little giants yeah <laughs> yeah i thought that was a really interesting answer that he gave to you because it's it's really the catching it's not the carrying it's the catching that is really problematic and then you're telegraphing to the defense why he's on the field i it's it's a significant day from an injury perspective because there's bad news and there's good news, too. Like, I, I don't know at the start of the week. I asked Matt LaFleur, and he said he wasn't surprised. But it sure didn't look like at the start of the week that their first practice this week, they're, they're definitely going to have Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks both on the field. So the fact that they're trending toward playing is definitely good. Whereas Aaron Jones, we don't know if he's going to play. A.J. Dillon, we don't know if he's going to play. So I'm, I'm curious what you guys think of this, but this has been in my head. I think I know where I'm at. I think ultimately, if you had to choose which pair you want, I, I, I think you'd still take Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks so that Jordan Love's not depleted at on where he's throwing the ball to. They've got some veteran depth behind them. Patrick Taylor's had two pretty solid games. If you forget the fact that he doesn't know where out of bounds is, mm-hmm. uh, but you know that what what's lost in the fact that he's had three chances at late in the half the last two games to step out of bounds is the fact that he's had 81 yards the last two games, which is the most in his NFL career back-to-back consecutive weeks. He's made some plays. And then Kenyon Drake. So I think they're in a better shape having Reed and Wicks available than they would be without the two running backs, let's say they don't play. Then they would the inverse of that, having the two running backs and no one to throw to. But it's it's close. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a – that's an interesting debate, like who would you rather have? Because both provide – both duos provide something that yeah. the other doesn't. And the, the, the problem is Aaron Jones, if he plays, is not going to be, you know, 55-play Aaron Jones. Right. He's going to be 20-play Aaron Jones. A.J. <coughs> Dillon plays. He's a one-armed man, you know, mm-hmm. be in the that fugitive. That would also prevent him pass-blocking. <laughs> It would affect, yes, yes, it would. And could you just see lining him outside as a wide receiver from Tampa? (laughs) I wouldn't even put anyone out there, you know? Well, like you just said, though, with Wicks in the ankle, he might not have the same juice. Yeah, so it's kind of, it's like, I don't know. They just need someone to have a really big game. Maybe it's Tucker Craft. Maybe it's Dobbs. Um, Someone has to, maybe it's Malik Heath. You know, he's kind of on a little bit of a roll. Samori Touré played pretty good, um, I thought, in the game. So, you know, it, it's kind of the, the story of their whole year. Who's who's going to be the one who comes, you know, to play? Yeah. To answer your uh, original question, Cassidy, th- they're not going to be able to just take the remaining parts and build a Christian Watson. They can't do that. It's not yeah. available. I don't they, think it's They possible. can't Frankenstein yeah. together yeah. No, a Christian it, Watson. No. They that's not on the table here as far as options. When Christian Watson's not on the field – there's an element of their passing game, element of their offense that is irreplaceable. They can't replace it. So what they have to do is that is the definition of irreplaceable. Yeah, <laughs> they could they could put Jaden Reed on 
Dontavian Wicks's shoulders, but he can't run four three six. You know, so even while that he's doing work. that, right? So, so what they'll have to do what they did Monday night, and even like Monday night. Look, it wasn't their best game, but they still scored twenty two points against a Giants defense that is not terrible. They they rank top ten and opposing opposing uh, passer rating. Uh, and they had more plays out there to make. I mean, they, 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 they put 22 points up in a bad game where there's two months ago bad games for this offense was like you can't get a first down. You know, the, the, even, even in a bad game, their floor is much higher than it was two months ago. Their floor is enough, if, especially considering, again, they, they left plays on the field that could have been made. There was drop passes, missed throws. Yeah. They got to make those plays, and if they make those plays, I think that there's there's enough here without Christian Watson to still have a winning performance. It's sort of like Joe Barry was saying, only it was on offense. You know, if Jaden Reed doesn't lose the ball in the lights, that's a touchdown, yeah. and then the game is a, you know, decidedly different. If Love throws that ball to Toure in the end zone just a tad longer, yeah. that's a touchdown, and that's the difference in the game. So. They were very close to winning it. Um, again, they just needed one person to come up with some really big one play. play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's not the answer is not try to replace Christian Watson. The answer is execute better. Play better, yeah. you got to execute. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Hmm. While we're on just offense, let's go over A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones' injuries a little bit because they both gave a little bit more detail about them today. A.J. Dillon said that he broke his thumb – on the last drive versus the Giants on a helmet, and then they called a running play the very next play. <laughs> so he stayed in and finished that drive with a broken thumb. This like, has nothing to do with anything. I just think it's interesting and slightly ironic. This is now two years in a row that a Packers offensive starter has broken their thumb on a helmet versus the Giants on the last drive. Who was it last year? I think everyone forgets. That would be Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Oh, that did yeah. happen. On the Hail Mary at the end, yeah. right? He he played quarterback, right? So I hear. He was yeah. some he did he, something. He, he was fairly good. Yeah. Couldn't a, play with a brace on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wonder if AJ Dillon could. But it I just thought that was interesting and kind of funny that now two years in a that's like such a random injury it feels like and now it's happened twice in somewhat. It's weirder situation. to happen to a running back than it is a quarterback. It happens with yeah. quarterbacks. I mean, rel- I mean, they're following through, and if there's a guy's helmet yeah. there, they're hitting their head. I wonder if it's the same defender. Because wasn't Rodgers on Thibodeau's helmet? I'm trying to remember now. I don't remember. Um, but Brett Favre did the same thing in one yeah. of his, in 1999. If that was versus the Giants, too, then that would be No, freaky. it was a preseason <laughs> game against Denver, I think. Time so. is a circle. It yeah. is. History is secular. It's just all, yeah. It's time travel's real. Did you if you had to get oh if you had to have a choice right, between our aliens right, real or is time travel real? Did Taylor Swift invent it? No, no, but okay. that she could be here from another time. You never know. <laughs> back um, this puppy back. <laughs> and then Aaron Jones explained, you know, he's had MCL injuries before and he's always come back in one or two weeks. This one's taking a little bit longer. I was gearing up to ask him, is it because you're older? But he actually explained it's because all of his previous MCL injuries, tears, whether on the left or right knee, have all been on the femur. And this one is on the tibia. Mm. This is the first time it's ever been on the tibia. And that, and then he kind of broke it down and said, you know, when it's on the femur, like, you can feel it and it feels a little loose. But, like, you can, you know, sort of get through it. When it's in the tibia, as soon as you lift your foot off the ground, it feels like it's just hanging there. Mm. 
And that doesn't sound pleasant. As someone who has a ride through their entire right tibia, I can tell you, like when it's, it, it, you have a rod in your tibia. Yeah. How are we just from, finding this out? It goes from my knee to my ankle. Wow. I can tell you when it's going to rain. I can tell you when it's cold. So you broke your tibia. Yeah. In that's half. Like, that's like your second largest bone in your body. It was painful. Like What's the largest? Spine? Uh, femur. Femur. Okay. Yeah. Which it was, I broke. Really? Yep. How did you break yours? I don't know if I should say. <laughs> oh, now you got to say. I was 16 Sloan. years old. Uh, I was 17. I've broken a finger. My story is not nearly yeah, as Yeah, you don't win this argument. You don't win this story. I decidedly <laughs> lost a this one. femur is extremely painful, and so is a tibia. Yeah. That's... Uh, there are players I know who can't play after they break yeah. their tibia. I was just going to say, as someone who has done something to that bone, you don't realize how much of your body it supports until it hurts. And so I can especially see for a running back, that one being a little bit more difficult to yeah, work through. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So that could be why it's taking him a little bit longer to get back. Hmm. Um, I don't think this has anything to do with this week, and I wouldn't even say next week. And I don't want to be getting anybody's hopes up, but I feel like we should report this. Today was the first day Luke Musgrave has been seen like in the practice building. He was with the rehab group, of course. He's not going to be practicing probably for a while. But this is the first time I've actually seen him on the field with the rehab group. And in the locker room. I saw him in the locker room. Oh, I didn't first even see him First time I there. saw him in the locker room. Yeah. So, I mean, I, what is a timeline for a lacerated kidney? <laughs> I, I'm a sure a non-Aaron Rodgers timeline. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's. Um, it, it's probably they keep doing, um, you know, scans on him to make sure it's healed. I don't know what the timeline is. Um, but the fact that he's doing stuff, he's up and doing stuff, is the first step in mm -hmm. getting back on the field. And maybe there is a chance he could get back. Yeah, I don't know what the timeline is, but I do know whenever that time comes, those two tight ends together, that's mm -hmm. going to be something to watch because uh, Tucker Craft has taken off. Yeah, and you know, Aircraft. that wouldn't have happened if Musgrave didn't get hurt. Yeah. And so, I mean, in some ways, it's it's been beneficial, you know, yeah. that because um, Craft was being just – Used as a second blocker, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Musgrave was getting all the action. So we no. we didn't know any of this really existed with Tucker Craft before the injury, and and he's even doing things that the coaching staff is was unaware that he could do, like the the catch down the scene, the, yeah. the middle of the field. Adam so, Sinovich is like, yeah, I didn't I'm see it. I was curious huh? though, because coming out of college, Tucker Craft's receiving numbers were infinitely better yeah. than Luke Musgrave's. Yeah, and and that's what kind of surprised me when. You know, uh, Stunovich said that because if you look at his college tape, I mean, he got a lot of balls down the yeah. field. I, I just, I'm not sure what they were. You know, maybe they didn't feel like he he did it a lot. Um, but I, I always thought he had. I just yeah. remember watching his highlight videos. He's an athletic guy. I just, I've talked a bit with Tucker Craft about this, and, and he'll tell you that he's a check down yak guy. Get the mm -hmm. ball to his hands. He's a very good yak guy. On underneath doesn't mean he can't run a, th a, a route past ten yards, but that's what, he, in his words, that's what got him to the NFL. And even before Kansas City, I, I was talking with him, you know, about Travis Kelsey, and asked if you know he, if he grew up a fan of Travis Kelsey. And he's like, no, I was a Gronk guy. 
Like, I, I was all about Gronk, and he kind of looked at, you know, Luke Musgrave as more the Kelsey type, you know, prototype, and, and he was just the Gronk guy, and, and Gronk could catch balls downfield, but Gronk was like, get him the ball and let him run the defense over. Like, that mm-hmm. that was his game. So, Tucker Craft doesn't view himself as a certifiable deep threat, and then he goes and catches a 40-yarder <laughs> against the Giants. Like, that's just where he's at right now. He He is exploding into this offense. And when Luke Musgrave does come back, that's that's going to be a, a good problem to have, right? How do you get creative and balance these two guys out? Because if you do that, that they could be an awfully dynamic duo. You put a ton of pressure on the defense if you go double tight end. Yeah. And you're saying, okay, you know, what are you going to match us with? Are you going to match with a base defense or are you going to match with a nickel? And so if it's a base defense, then you put – Luke Musgrave out in the slot or or craft, you know, and all of a sudden he's on a linebacker. Or if they're in nickel, then you say, oh, okay, we'll go double yeah. tight end and run the ball. So it's it's a great thing to have two two tight ends. And this is why you can catch. This is why they drafted them back to back too, because this is Matt LaFleur's dream offense to have two tight ends that can do those things. Like, he wants to go multiple. He wants a lot of 12 personnel. And to do that, you've got to have two guys that are capable, right? But if they if they keep developing, they are on a pa- path to be capable. And that, that would be Matt LaFleur's dream offense. You want to see Matt LaFleur's offense in, in, in its purest form, it's a lot of multiple, a lot of 12. Let me um, throw something else out there just to tickle your fancy, even though I know this one wouldn't be near as common. They also have run a lot of three tight end sets, and they have also shown they're not scared to throw to Ben Sims. Um, you could send all three of them out there as legitimate pass-catching possibilities. Ben Sims is the fastest of all three mm-hmm. guys. He, he tested he faster. Mm, I don't Luke, think he's taller than Musgrave. Yeah, Luke Musgrave may be <clears throat> a smidge taller. Yeah, but he is the fastest, and he might be, I don't know, he's a decent blocker too. They saw something in him. Yeah. He'll be in the mix next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could be a very interesting tight end. Group. How crazy is that? Yeah. Like for for years, for decades, right? Like, they haven't had tight ends, and now they've they've got a slew of them that are, are promising. We don't know, just like Jordan Love, we don't know where their ceiling is. they got to keep developing, but they've shown enough to be promising, and it's like, goodness. The, and the, they're going to get a very good, mostly blocker, but they're going to get a very good blocking tight end back in Tyler Davis. When he returns from his injury. Yeah, we'll see how. (coughs) He might get lost in the shuffle or kicked out. Well, and you never know how a guy responds from an ACL. I mean, look at Robert Tanyan. Yeah. (coughs) He never made it back to where he was. Yeah. The Packers are chock full of tight ends. I never thought I'd see that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you you can say of Kraft and Musgrave, they're both going to play out their first contracts. It's not like, you know, Okay, they're gonna have they're like seventh round picks, and then the next thing you know, they're cut after a year. Mm-hmm. These guys will last their whole contract. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> will be interesting to watch, that's for sure. Uh, let's flip to the other side of the ball, unless there's anything else you want to talk about on offense. Bada bing, bada boom, do do do. Going once, going twice. Let's flip to the other side of the ball. Uh, Jair Alexander practiced again today. He practiced last week, too, and then... And the week before that. And the week and before, the week that, before that. that. He did have a shoulder brace on today that he put his jersey on over. I'm not actually sure if he's been wearing that for a while. Maybe we just haven't seen it because of his jersey, but 
it was seen today and then he put his jersey on over it um so not sure what the story is going to be with him on sunday but that they haven't necessarily been like incredibly hurting without him because you know carrington valentine's been able to kind of step up carrington valentine did give up a, a nine yarder on the final drive that joe barry had an interesting joe barry pointed out it was eight yards okay didn't well, you say that yes We'll give back that yard. Yes. But, but explain what Joe Barry had to say about that today because I thought that was interesting, Spoon. Yeah, it was interesting. He said that Carrington Valentine didn't get the call that they were in, that there's various kinds of two-minute uh, defenses that they play, and that he didn't get the call that they were supposed to be closer to the line of scrimmage for, you know, they're supposed to be playing it more aggressively. Mm-hmm. And he said because he was on the far side of the field, um, he just, I don't know, I thought the safety was supposed to make sure he gets that call. That is one of those things, for, to, to go back on what I just said 60 seconds ago, um, that's one of those things where you see the difference between Rasul Douglas and Jair Alexander right. being on the field versus Corey Ballantyne and Carrington Ballantyne. Those two, and especially with like, you know, Darnell Savage or even when it was Jonathan Owens, like they got the call. And the, well, and, and Douglas would have said, why am I nine yards? Why are we playing this right. defense right now? <laughs> yeah. He would, look, he would have seen what defense? everyone else was doing yeah. and, and adjusted and himself. Checked, yeah. And so Barry said that's on him to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, well. So, okay, Russell Douglas has been in the league a lot longer than Carrington Valentine, so I, to your point, he would have noticed it and adjusted it himself. If you're Joe Barry, how do you fix that so it doesn't happen again? Darnell Savage, make sure that he <laughs> knows what the call is. Or, yeah. or Jonathan Owens, one of you two guys has to make sure everybody's in the right place. That's, That's why they're called simple. safeties. Yeah. Because they're there for safety. So, uh, Someone that did practice also again today, or that did practice on Thursday, was Quay Walker. That could be huge, of course, just to have him back. You, you know, we have appropriately praised Isaiah McDuffie for stepping in where he's had to and, and – playing almost like his hair's on fire, which is a slight joke because he's bald. But having Quay Walker back on the field just changes the look of this defense. I so want to see Walker and McDuffie play on early downs. I just want to see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, Devondre Campbell's not making plays. Is he making tackles and being in the right place? Probably. Possibly, but if you remember his really good year before his contract year, he was everywhere, you know? All pro year. He was seeing, yeah, yes, and he was seeing plays before they happened. And now, like, he had that chance. There's another play where uh, that ball down the left sideline to Wandale Robinson. I was, the angle I had, I was like, this is a sure interception. Yep, same. And he just misplayed it. Overran it. Yeah. And so and um, he had to have help just to make the tackle. Yeah. Who came? Somebody came in. Was it Owens or I can't remember. Might now. have been. But I, McDuffie's so aggressive against the run that um, I thought he played great against Barkley. That you just wonder maybe maybe they need to give him some first downs, mm-hmm. you know, or um, rotate like they're doing in the other positions with him and Campbell. You look like you're gearing up to say something, Ryan. Oh, my back is killing me. Oh, okay. It's oh. <laughs> getting old. I'm just – these chairs are not comfy. No, no. they're not. Um, so possibly, probably, what is – I would say 
55, 57% chance you'll have Quay Walker back on Sunday and we'll have a better idea of what that number will look like after Friday's injury report. Yeah, you know, so I asked LaFleur today about Alexander because I kind of heard that, you know, he has to pass like a strength test every week to mm-hmm. in order to be cleared. And um, so I asked LaFleur, is it come down to whether he could tackle or not? And basically said, yeah, that's – well, she said that is a, a factor. So I'm guessing that's a big factor. Do they feel like the shoulder is strong enough that it won't get popped out of place or So you whatever? think that's the same case for Walker too? So it could be, but you sure need your shoulder to tackle. So mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. what the situation is with him. Especially with today's rules. And, and we've seen where they will bring a guy back to practice um, – Two weeks before he plays. So yeah. they'll bring him back, let him practice, then not play him, and then, you know, get him going the following week. Like and that's, that's part of their rehab. That's yeah. the thing that's that's different in this case is because Jair Alexander's been more than two weeks. But I do think it's important to underscore he is injured. Like, there is an injury here. Mm-hmm. It's not shenanigans. Like, and with Jair Alexander – Sometimes there are shenanigans. Yeah. You, you always he's suspect shenanigans because yeah. he's, he's a shenanigan. He, he has an injury. That's why he's not playing. Let me ask you this, and maybe this is hindsight, but should they have put him on IR? This is a two-part question. Should they have put him on IR? And do you think not putting him on IR was a nudge to play through it? I keep – people ask this on the blog a lot, and I keep saying it over and over again. They didn't need its roster spot. There wasn't oh, somebody yeah. so great exactly that right. they had to get on their roster spot that they needed to put him on injured reserve. And they even have an extra one right now. <laughs> Plus, what if he's ready? What is? What if he would have been ready after three weeks? Yep. And then you mm. got him on IR, and he can't even practice during yeah. that time. So at mm. least he's practicing. You can't treat IR with revisionist history, yeah. with injuries. Like that's the I and IR. With injuries, you can't be revisionist because everybody – heals at different rates and as soon as Jair Alexander's healthy you want him on the field and you don't have a crystal ball so you don't know when that is but what you do know is you put him on IR it's four games mm-hmm. so if he's healthy in three without practicing yeah and, and think about it now he's been practicing so that when he is physically ready he's going to be able to just jump out there and play it shouldn't be that big of a jump whereas Eric Stokes you know for the time, the first time he came back, you know, he didn't practice like a week or two, and then, you know, he jumps out on the field, and all he can do is play special teams, mm-hmm. and that's probably all he can do this week if they play him. So it really, it, I think it's really beneficial that he can actually practice. Yeah, Eric Stokes has been practicing, so that's what is it? Oh, it's just because it's the screen's locked. It's. And it's not showing the second. Oh, okay. Going? I was just worried that it had stopped. <laughs> this is a, a timer, Grandpa. <laughs> and then when you open it. Oh, that was a phone. What? <laughs> See, it, oh. it is that one of those uh, cricket phones? <laughs> Get off my lawn. What do you call the, the old people? Phone, jitterbug. Jitterbug. Now I can't think of the jitterbug song. Did Taylor Swift write that do, one? Do, too? Uh, do, 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 do. The Wham song? You mean With Jitterbug and Daddy Shark? Do 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 do. No, you're thinking of the Wham song. Yeah, do the Jitterbug. 
We have yes. to leave all this on the about. podcast. We cannot cut any of this out. <laughs> That's, That's Wham. That's George Michael. <laughs> yes, it is. I can hear it now. Jitterbug into my face. I have no idea what song this is. That's the song that's playing. And I have kids. When ben St- it's not a kid song. Okay. <laughs> that's the song that's playing when all of Ben Stiller's friends blow themselves up in Zoolander. Definitely oh, a kid song. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Um, Eric Stokes has been practicing I wouldn't be surprised if we see him, albeit, like you said, on just special teams, but maybe in the next week or so, mm-hmm. yeah. just to get him some sna- – I don't think he's going to roll back into a starter this season at this point. What if they just to get him some snaps. What if they throw him uh, out against Mike Evans because he's a big, tall dude, you <laughs> that know? That would certainly and be, back, be a choice. back into it. That'd it's be, a possibility. That'd be a choice. I don't it's like, know hey, if it's a good one. It's like, hey, you've played four snaps this entire season. Yeah. Now go out there and defend one of the best receivers in the NFL. He has been, what has he been practicing, for three weeks? He was uh, put on IR and he's on third. designated to return. Yeah. So this is his third week. You could do it for a series or two or maybe in the red zone or, you know, where you need I a, don't see it happening. You're going to go ask it. I, I, I can't tell if you're being serious or I am. No, I'm being totally yeah. serious. I'm being totally serious. He's a first-round draft pick. That has played four snaps in the past year. And not well, well last year. Well, last I'm, year I'm is last year. I'm kind of over last year. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but we don't know if the and guy And he was play actually though. playing well at the when he got hurt. Yeah. Um, I'm I would, so I would thinking, throw... like, he's going to have some rust to shake off. Well, yeah. Yeah, but... Do you, you, don't sh- you don't shake your rust off of your little to- Toyota. Mike Evans isn't... Mike Evans is a good player, but he's not the he's not Justin Jefferson. Yeah, because Jefferson's more smooth. I'm, but that's still like saying, "Hey, I'm going to take this little Toyota Corolla out to Thunder Road that's been sitting in the garage for a year and race it against this Ford F one fifty. Your Toyota right, Corolla right. might be you faster, guys are gonna be but your Ford F one fifty is licking my right boots over. when they put him out there. I can't believe I'm saying this because I definitely don't see this happening, <laughs> but. You know the argument for you to make, Spoon. I want to uh, give you, you give your, get, give your argument right here. Who's the after that 2020 NFC Championship game? Who's the next player they drafted? Eric Stokes. You can draw some lines maybe and say that they uh, at that point might have thought that they're they're all in and they need someone to cover Mike Evans. Cassidy's just no. It's definitely not happening. It's one hundred. No, I I would be shocked All if it happened. All right, you guys will be uh, okay. looking out uh, over hey, at Sunday, me like s- when he threw the bomb to Justin Jeff <laughs> yeah. or to uh, Christian Watson. Watson. Sunday night when we uh, when we do this, I, I will give you all the props in the world right. if this happens. But until then, it's definitely not happening. Okay. Not, yeah. Um. Okay. Last thing. What did Rich Passaccia have to say about Keyshawn Nixon's muffed punt? Uh, we're moving on. It's over. It's a bad play. Yeah, bad play. Don't do that. Wipe we don't coach it that it. way. I asked him specifically if he was going to be the kickoff returner on Sunday because he wasn't after the muff. And Rich Passaccia said that the only reason Keyshawn Nixon wasn't the kickoff returner and that they put Jaden Reed in is because he was dealing with a quad, which might also explain the end of the game too. Yeah, which you brought up. You asked me, did he get benched? Yeah. And then I was like, well, I thought he did, but you you were right. He went yeah. into the tent. Yeah. So He was in the tent during the kickoff. Yeah, but then from but then that there point was on, another, there was there one was more kickoff. One. And he was still on the field, which was, you know, 
That's and then just, he gave right. up a big yeah. play. Right. I couldn't remember if there was another kickoff after that kickoff, which is why I asked. But there was. I don't think there was. There, yeah. there, there was. There was. I went there back There definitely and was. So that's what, you know, he is their kickoff returner. Um, he, he also said, and I think this is where the rubber hits the road with Keyshawn Nixon. Uh, you, we all know that Keyshawn Nixon wants to make a play every time he has a chance, every time he has the ball, literally every time. He plays like that. But there's a proper time and place to do that when we're trusting you with the ball. And and so I think that that's the, the balance they have to strike is the last thing you want to do is make this fearless player who's dynamic because he is so fearless uh, playing with fear. You, you got to preserve that. But, like, you know, the, the, the common sense things – uh, you, you, if if you are lucky enough to recover your own muff punt, thank the stars and 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 there. let Jordan Love run onto the field. Just just don't get up. You know, like it's just the common sense things. They would have gotten it at the twenty eight yard line. He just laid mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, it's the common sense so. things. But you do, the, again, the last thing you want to do is is have him play w- with with fear because his he's fearless and that's probably the best attribute of his game. As my mother always said, though, a little fear is healthy. <laughs> I had a great day with Rich Passaccia today. <laughs> he sure did. On, uh, <laughs> and that, that followed uh, me and LaFleur having a great day as well. They don't, uh, I don't know LaFleur if they stream. LaFleur and I. LaFleur. Yes. Here's how you always remember yeah. it. If you took LaFleur out of the sentence, would it be yes. me or I? Right. Well, no, is it a, yeah, is it an uh, no, object right. of the preposition or is it yes. a, uh, Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I don't think about it that way. Um, God, I loved it. Uh, yeah. So just ask Pasaccia, do you, um, <laughs> you know, there was that snap with the laces facing Anders Carlson. Laces out, man. And, yeah. And I said, you know, the one where he spinned it and he said, turned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the same thing. Two different words. Yeah. Same verb. Same definition, really. But yeah. two different words. Turned it. Okay. Yeah. And then I said, well, you know, is there a problem? And then he cut me off and said, it's not why you missed it. And it's okay. You know, and, and not a concern. What do you say? Not, not a, a concern. concern. And I said, well, I wasn't asking whether that was how he missed it. But, I you know, that is part. that a concern? Or I said, you know, is that something that is, you know, a bad sign? And it's not a concern. <laughs> You heard a lot of yeses and a lot of not a concerns today. And I'm sitting between basically you and the podium. So I'm just sitting there totally in the middle of the line of fire. And I'm just like. I'm loving it too. I, yeah, I know you are. Fun. And then LaFleur. you are. Is Dylan. So I asked him. Um, is the question whether they can protect Dylan or whether um, or whether he can play with a thumb or whether it's medically uh, dangerous for him to be out there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, Matt. And I said, <laughs> yes. which one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, was he smirking as he said? He was kind of. <laughs> he was enjoying jerking it too. Me, yeah. You know. He was. And I said something else. Yes. And I said, <laughs> okay, is it both? Yes. <laughs> well, then you then Did you, you got yes? him. You won this battle. Yeah. You because no because I think when he said is it both he paused because he knew that he was going to give you the actual answer <laughs> at that point if he said yes again so he paused and he was like 
You're good, Spoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's you're good. right. I love you're like, you I've like, been on this job a long time. I love when you ask LaFleur about an injury and you always see that three-second pause. Yeah. And he kind of smirks where he's trying to decide what he's going to yeah. say. <laughs> I, I have like, to say, we are so lucky that we don't deal with, like, Belichick. Yep. And, yeah. You know, at least I can have that kind of banter uh, yeah. discussion, or yeah, banter with with Lafleur. I felt like, that way for a long time, after, actually. After they've switched the schedule, I'm usually in locker room during Lafleur, so I, I don't like ask him as much about it. But you can always tell from like in that three second pause, you can always tell what if he's going to answer you or not. Like, there's just like this certain little like look he gets where you're like, yeah. yep, I got him. Like, here's the thing: the season is so it's a long season, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm sitting here. I don't know how you two feel. I haven't caught up from coming back from New York. I mean, it is a long season. So to have that banter is, it, I, it I makes appreciate the job it. easier. It makes yeah. it more entertaining. It 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 breaks up the monotony. I'm all for it. Yeah. It, it's and and like I don't met. Don't care if he's um, doesn't like the question or gets angry at yeah. about it, but as long as you know he doesn't hold grudges, right? Then you know that's that's cool. <laughs> well, I remember one day he like snapped at me for a question. Yeah, and I, didn't even I remember ask. that. And all the, and afterwards, all these people were like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Sweetie, I started my career with Nick Saban. He don't <laughs> scare me. Yeah, no, he don't right. Scare me. <laughs> right. Like, right. But yeah, because he doesn't like you said hold grudges, yeah. and that makes a difference. Um, okay. I, I got a 6 a.m. Uh, phone call in my hotel room from Mike Holmgren once. Really? Yes. Yelling at you? It was okay, a PR director story. who called me and said, Coach Holmgren would like to talk to you. What do you, what would you, what do you want to talk to you about, Spoon? Um, so I reported this. I mean, it was like two graphs at the end of one of my note stories uh-huh. about how it was his first year, and he wanted to bring in – uh, Harry Sidney, who was a uh, fullback for the 49ers, who knew his offense inside and out. Harry Sidney had just been cut, and Holmgren called him and talked to him. And I happened to talk to Harry Sidney because I got his phone number. And he's like, oh, yeah, we talked. Well, that's tampering, you know, because he had not cleared waivers yet. Ooh. So when I put that in there, he's, oh, he wanted to know where I got it from and <laughs> – and you know how bad that looks. They're going to kill me because the 49ers had been mad that the Packers had taken Holmgren or, or talked to him, and they ended up having to settle it with a second-round pick because of a trade previous to that to Tim Harris. And I mean, it was like Holmgren was really sensitive about yeah. the 49ers. What so. is it with, like, Packers and 49ers and hurt feelings with trade talks? I don't know. They have a long – History from keep the your, 90s on. Yeah. Keep your hands to yourself. Just, just said, don't give me no lines and sharing keep your is hands not to yourself. Anyway, sorry. To Anyways, that. I know our actual predictions will be in the Green Bay Press Gazette and Milwaukee Journal sitting on this weekend, but give me your overarching prediction, Spoon. I've gone back and forth. I'm, I'm like really not sure. I, <laughs> I have, I, I have not given up on taking the Buccaneers. I just. I don't have a good feel for this game. Um, I don't know. I, I may. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, honestly, that's how that's how I'm conflicted. Conflicted. I think that I took that out of um, analyze this. Have you ever seen that? Is that Jim Carrey? 
No, no, it's Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal, oh. and he's the mobster, mm-hmm. and, he, and Billy Crystal goes, tell me, w- you were going to shoot me, weren't you? And he goes, no, no, yes, you were. Well, I was conflicted about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was in consideration. Ryan? Speaking of inconsideration, I don't know either. Hmm. But that's a blanket statement for the rest of the season. I mean, I'm pretty sure they want to beat the Panthers because of the Panthers. I don't know what they're going to do. This is a team that can go to Detroit and win and go to New York and lose a week after they beat the Chiefs at home. Like, I, if anyone tells you that they have a good feeling on what's going to happen, they have no idea. So, I I, I don't know. I, I, I'll pro- I'm, I'm probably going to end up picking the Packers. I just probably the biggest reason being the home team, you know. A South Florida team coming up to Lambeau in December is something. Uh, I don't know how cold it's going to be, but it's going to be a heck of a lot colder than South Florida. So I'll probably pick the Packers, but nothing is going to surprise me from here on out. I have no idea. I have a good feeling about what's going to happen. Oh, tell <laughs> me. Tell me. I'm kidding. But, I, I'm, I mean, for the most part, when we've done these predictions, I've just kind of ended up going with my gut. And the one time I didn't go with my gut in the recent weeks, actually I did pick the Chiefs, but I was – I think I hedged it by saying I'm not going to be surprised if this is like one of those games. The only time I didn't really go with my gut was when I picked the Packers over the Giants, and I should have gone with the Giants because when we did our question of the week, I went with the Giants. Yeah, you're leaning that way. And I was like, this is going to be one of those games. I just have a gut feeling this is a a big Packers bounce-back game. I think Baker Mayfield uh, gets foiled by Lambeau in December yet again. And I think last week – Versus the Giants, or which I guess was technically this week, was maybe a, a needed humbling, a needed wake-up call. Maybe. Um, after the previous four out of the five weeks, I, I think that was a good wake-up call. Because like y'all both said, they they were in it. It was just a matter of executing one or two plays. Yeah, maybe it would have been worse if they won it and played mm-hmm. the way they did. Here's, yeah. here, here's the thing. It, it was a bad loss in New York. It was a bad loss. I mean, they had... This game they should have won. It was an important game for playoff indications to continue momentum. They were the better team. I, I still believe they're the better team. It was a bad loss. But if it does provide that wake-up call, it's a good lesson. Mm-hmm. And, 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 frankly, even a good loss, right? I mean, okay, you guys are on, on the rise. You're talented. You, you got some – there's some good here. But you got to actually play like it because that's what actually matters. It doesn't matter if you're good on paper. You have to be good on the field. If they got that out of that loss, and that's, that's a good loss. And listen, you don't just walk into Tommy DeVito's house and take him down. No, you do not. Especially <laughs> Tommy with, Cut- Especially with that agent. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is like, if you could have, you could not have imagined a more perfect New Jersey Italian oh, and That agent. guy's going to get so many more clients now because he's right. got all that. Yeah. Um, uh, TV time. I saw somebody say like Tommy DeVito's agent. He has a guy for yeah. everything. <laughs> I know a guy. He's the fixer. He's the fixer. I got a guy. Um, okay. Final sixty seconds. Spoon. Go. Don't commit insurance fraud. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You just got me. I, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I heard nothing. Me either. Um, I know nothing. Did you ever watch Faulty Towers? I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> Faulty Towers? Which one is that? It's an old BBC show about a bed and breakfast north of London. It sounds like I've seen that before. Anyway, um, 
I, I'm going to pass for right now, but I, I'll come back. Come back to me. Same. Okay. I feel like so I'm So why don't you go up. with your 60 seconds? Yeah, um, it's 180 if you need it. So I put this on social media on Wednesday, but in case you didn't catch it, this is my last week here on the Packers beat. It's a traitor. I know. <laughs> Just in time it's for. Very, very sad. It's very. Um, the word that my friends and I keep using as an inside joke is bittersweet. I don't know if y'all remember, like the Brewers opening day, Garrett Mitchell kept using the word bitter, he because he hit a, like a home run. It was his first time. He kept using the word bittersweet to describe it, and I'm like, that's not the definition of the word bittersweet. <laughs> no, no, it is not. <laughs> and so we've been like ironically using it because this is actually bittersweet. Um, so yeah, this is my last week. I got an incredible opportunity to be a team reporter, ironically with the Carolina Panthers. My first game with them will be the Packers game. Something that the players in the locker room this week have not let me forget. Every time I walk up to them, they're like, you're an op now. I got to be careful. Yeah, that's right. You're the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, was not looking to leave here, was not planning on it, have loved my job, have loved every day, most days. <laughs> Working with y'all. But <laughs> <laughs> so why did you look at me when you said that? <laughs> um, but it, it was just a great opportunity to kind of work a little bit closer with a team, get even more access to stories, and even more importantly, be within driving distance of my family. Um, I was that's like, if, if I can yep. get in a car and be to my mama that night, that's that's a good distance. You know, I want to be able to do that. And so um, – and it'll be warmer, which was not a reason, but was a plus. So it's uh, it's definitely going to be sad leaving. But, yeah, it was just one of those opportunities you don't say no to. And so Monday will be my last day. I'll take my 60 seconds down, then Spoon. Yeah, you go ahead. Have the last word. But, uh, yeah, obviously we're going to miss you. Um, when you – first of all, and I'll never forget this. Oh, gosh. We met oh, yeah. the first time. That her, that Cassie and I ever talked to each other was a Facebook Live on the day that Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID nineteen. Yeah, we had never talked to each other before that. That was my first day. I mean, you want to talk about making an entrance? <laughs> Holy smokes! That that was unforgettable. And that was the first time we talked. And yeah, it's it's going to be wildly different without your enthusiasm around. Um, just you know, we talk. It's a long season. The monotony of a season, breaking it up with that enthusiasm uh, was always very, very nice. Um, and, you know, at the the second when you told me, the second you said, you know, how close it was to your family, like that's just, it's a no-brain decision. You yeah. know, it, it, family's what matters most. And I'm, I'm thrilled for you to be able to, to have that, that distance narrowed considerably to, mm-hmm. to your home base. Um, and wish you nothing but the best go crush it just like you did this Thanks, guys we'll still have a podcast together after wait this. i'm not done <laughs> i haven't had my 60 seconds yet he's gonna take his 60 go for it you never take your full 60 i'm, I'm gonna throw some shade on this one. <laughs> oh boy so i've never ever cheered for the packers before but i am gonna i want them to put an <laughs> ass whooping <laughs> on the Panthers for hiring you two weeks, three weeks before the damn season ends. <laughs> right? So that Terrible Ryan timing, Panthers. and I are going to have to work twice as hard uh-huh. as we did prior to this. So, yeah, I hope they just 
And I hope they make your locker room so bad after the game. And everyone get a single story well, out. Y'all of are so kind. Everybody in Green Bay will know it was your fault for giving the Panthers all the secrets that you're taking to Carolina. Yeah, they're going to be like Cassidy. Why were they so fired up to play the Panthers? <laughs> God, they looked like they were on a mission. Prove this to you, Cassidy. You made a mistake. No, not a, not a mistake. No, um, uh, but I'm not done. Oh, sorry. My yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I want to um, also say that it's been a pleasure working with you. We've had some great professional and personal times together, sharing an office and um, just being on the road and all that kind of stuff. It's been really a blast. And um, I read... The comments, all of the comments on your uh, Twitter feed um, when you announced it, and it was so overwhelmingly positive that I, I, I almost shed a tear. It's so good because it was a, it was a tear of you were tear of, of jealousy because <laughs> I know mine won't be like that. <laughs> um, they but it the was traffic when you retired. Right. It, it it reminded me that you brought stuff to this beat that nobody has brought before and that's that's really a uh, that's an ultimate compliment so thank you congratulations to you thank you and you finally had a good story idea today <laughs> so i mean dang One you're on a roll yeah she yeah, goes as soon as she's on the roll she yeah. she she bows up but i'm glad we'll have one more game together yeah so. and technically kind of two yeah that's right yeah. that's right we'll see you we'll in, see, yeah, in charlotte. Well, i won't i won't, I won't yeah. be there in charlotte so then you'll we'll be, be buying pete and i dinner <laughs> that night <laughs> Put it on the Panthers card. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yes, there you go. That's right. <laughs> Hope my new boss doesn't see this. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely, actually, bittersweet. The the real definition of bittersweet. Um, but it's going to be exciting and looking forward to a final few days here. So until then, we will have more wrap-up coverage for you from this week leading up to the Packers versus the Bucks, including the first good story idea I've had in two years, <laughs> according to Spoon. So make sure you stick tuned to PackersNews.com for all of that. Spoon will have his live blog starting on Sunday about 30 minutes before kickoff. Go Packers against the Panthers. <laughs> I'm clipping that. First time that's first ever time been ever. said out of my mouth. <laughs> Not quite a go, Paco. Why should that be the Panthers' only second win of the season? Because they're playing this on a loop. Um. But yes, and then we will have full coverage for you from Packers versus Bucks on Sunday, including wrap-up coverage there as well. So stay tuned to PackersNews.com for all of that. Until then, we'll see you next time, for the final time at least for me. Uh, okay, bye. This has been the Green 19 Podcast from JSOnline and PackersNews.com.